1160 The Quest welcomes you to Legislation Made Simple, keeping you informed on political issues, primarily legislative issues in the Georgia General Assembly, but also some national issues that implicate the teachings of the church, issues that are critical to restoring and protecting a culture that enables families to flourish and the kingdom of God to advance. Legislation Made Simple will also let you know how to get involved, how to get to know your state representatives and senators, and most importantly, how you can affect policy. Your hosts are Patty DeCraney and Jane Robbins. Jane is a retired lawyer, formerly with a D.C.-based organization called American Principles Project. Jane worked at the Georgia legislature and has maintained her connections there, so she's plugged in under the Gold Dome. Now let's begin Legislation Made Simple. Hello and welcome to Legislation Made Simple. My name is Patty DeCraney and my co-host and expert on the show is Jane Roberts. Hey, Patty. Hey, Jane. I've learned so much from you this 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 last 40 days legislative session. Well, it's a it's a sort of high learning curve on all this stuff, but it, it's a, it's a lot to know, but it, it's actually very interesting when you get it's into it. Very interesting, yes. And I've had a lot of fun, also. I did too. Jane, Jane took me down to the Capitol and showed me around and introduced me to some people, and it's been so enlightening. Um, I I can't wait to like read in the newspapers or go on the on the website to see what's going on. Yeah, which is something I never did before. Oh yeah, I, I used to not ever do that. Whatever was happening down at the at right. the dome, it was completely alien to me. I just did not care. I was raising children. I was doing whatever. Exactly. Same with me, you know, and same with probably most of our listeners, you know, that we're living life right. It's busy enough, right. and sometimes we don't even know what's going on down there until it's headlines. Mm-hmm. It's already happened. It's already happened, right? And there's nothing we can do right. about it, and we feel helpless. So, you know, we tried to coordinate this show, legislation made simple, to align with the legislative session that began on January 9th of this year. It was to let people know, let you all know, what's going on at the Georgia General Assembly. So just to summarize, um, the, the General Assembly convenes every year on the second Monday of January, so January 9th. It, ha- it has 40 working days to finish. Weekends are generally not included. The 40 working days are typically spread out over three months, and when done, the legislators go home to their full-time jobs. I just learned that they make $17,000 for their part-time work as legislators. That's little money for the amount of time and effort they put into their jobs, which I'm sure extends throughout the year with their constituents, like all of us, speaking with them about issues that concern them legislatively. And what what are some of the other things that they have to do, like through the summer or mm-hmm. and One thing they do is they will work on legislation for next year. There's a lot that goes into crafting a piece of legislation if it's done correctly. Mm -hmm. Lots of people to talk to, to educate yourself about what's going on, what's the best language to use, what are other statutes out in other parts of the country that we could could maybe use to copy Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. models. Sometimes they're appointed to study committees that are established during a legislative session, and those committees may meet during the summer periodically. And then, of course, they have to go to political events. They have to show up at the county mm-hmm. um, party breakfast every month and that sort of thing. So there's there's a lot that, that goes into it. They, they work 
furiously for that 40 days, right. but it goes on throughout the year. Right. Okay. And it's a good opportunity for us to get to know them, right? Right. When they're off duty, so to speak, during the summer or early fall, uh, that's a great time for you to get in touch with them and, and they will have more time. They'll be less stressed. They can focus on you, then get to know you. You can get to know them. So it's a really good time to, to do that. And we, we get in touch with them the same way that we have been telling everybody mm-hmm. to get in touch. So just call their office. Yes, yes. Okay, look on the legislative website mm-hmm. and call them. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Ask them for lunch. Sure. Um, this past Wednesday, March 29th, was Sine Die the last day of the General Assembly's 40-day session for 2023. Last Sunday's AJC front page headlines read, Exhaustion mixed with acceleration. No idea, good or bad, is ever truly dead until the gavel drops on the legislator's final day. That's what Jane's been telling us all along. That's right. Bills can always come back. That's right. The majority of the bills that win passage do so in the final days. It's not unusual or even unexpected for there to be unintended consequences on some bills lawmakers pass because, again, they are citizens like you and I, part-time legislators. They're not experts on all the dozens of issues they vote on each session. Once the gavel falls a final time around midnight on sine die, die, having a hard time pronouncing that. <laughs> That's Latin, by the way. <laughs> That's S-I-N-E-D-I-E. Latin with a, with a little bit of a Georgia accent, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, the, the legislators are done passing laws for the year. However, it is a two-year session. We're in the middle of a two-year session, which means measures that don't win passage by sine die will have another shot when the legislature returns January 8th, 2024. And perhaps they'll have a chance to correct some of the unintended consequences. They would have to, you know, put together another bill if it goes into effect this summer. But um, that could be done. Before we recap this past session and the bills we were following, let's begin with a prayer. Let's pray. Come, Come Holy Spirit, Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. And scripture for today, Psalm 105, 1-5. Give thanks to the Lord, invoke his name, make known among the people his deeds. Glory in his holy name. Rejoice, O hearts that seek the Lord. Rely on the mighty Lord. Constantly seek his face. Recall the wondrous deeds he has done, his signs and his words of judgment. All the glory goes to God. Jane, can you start us off with a recap? Yes. A lot of activity as we record this. It is Thursday the 30th, so Sunny Dye was yesterday, Wednesday the 29th, ended I'm told a little past midnight, but for our purposes, they will claim that they ended at midnight. So the, uh, the certain of the bills that we had been looking at, we had been following, include the gambling bills. We started out with a little plethora of, of gambling bills, which boiled down in the last week or so 
to one, which was a bill that would create the structure to allow sports betting in Georgia. And it came about, if for people who turned in, tuned in last week, we talked about how this happened, that they the bill didn't pass the House, so what they did was take a, a bill in the Senate and strip it and put the gambling uh, language in there. And, of course, the, the, the church teaches that, that gambling in itself, if it's under control, is not a sin, but mm-hmm. it does become a sin when it takes over your life, when you become addicted to it or you start um, making an idol out of it. You start ignoring your responsibilities because of gambling. And, and we know that with the sports betting, which is basically on your smartphone, that especially kids and college students will um, – many, many, many of them would become addicted Mm -hmm. to it. So this was a very concerning bill. Mm -hmm. So the people down there, the the more the pro-family organizations and the lobbyists were really following all of this, and they were holding their breaths until midnight-ish last night, and the bill did not come out of the Senate. It did not go onto the floor. It did not come out of the Rules Committee. So there was no vote on it. So once again, this is about the 10th consecutive year, I think, that mm-hmm. there's been a huge push to create some legalized gambling and expansion of gambling in Georgia. And sometimes it's casinos, sometimes it's horse racing, now it's sports betting. But all of that has been beaten back for mm-hmm. year after year after mm-hmm. year. And I can assure you that the gambling industry is spending more on its lobbyists than the anti-gambling forces are because they basically, <laughs> they they pass the plate in Sunday school and that's what funds the anti-forces. So something else going on here mm-hmm. that, that means that these Well, bills, praise God. Yes, so that one, that mm-hmm. one was tabled. And uh, I'm sure we'll see it again next year. So, you know, everything right. old is new again. Now, on education bills... The um, There was a bill, SB1, that we looked at. This was the one that would have prohibited schools and other government entities from mandating COVID vaccines, and this would include colleges and universities, public colleges and universities. This bill has passed both the Senate and the House, and it now awaits the governor's signature. So people who are interested in that could call the governor's office and say, please sign SB1. Okay. SB 233 with the uh, vouchers for parents. Tell us about that. This bill became one of the nail biters. That It started out by establishing $6,000 vouchers that the government would provide for parents to use for certain expenses connected with private education and with homeschooling. It passed the Senate. It was assigned to the committee in the House. It was passed as amended. It was scaled back a lot. It didn't apply to all students. It applied only to those in the bottom 25% of Georgia public schools, according to the DOE ranking. There were amendments. The voucher was increased from 6000 to 6500 There were some clarifications on eligibility. So, And then Governor Kemp endorsed this bill on Monday of this week because mm. there had been some question about whether he was going to weigh in on that, and he did during an interview. So the Senate had passed this bill and sent it to the House, and they amended it in various ways. And then the governor endorsed the bill. So it came to a vote on the floor in the House last night on Sunny Die, 
and it lost by four votes, 89 to 85 in the House. Oh, wow. So this bill will not mm-hmm. go to the governor. Everybody knew it was going to be close. Yeah. It there, passed It passed by one passed vote, by, didn't it? Yes. Uh-huh. By one in vote. The, in the Senate. In yeah. the Senate. Right. Yeah. There's, a, there's a lot of of disagreement about this and it's it's kind of across the board it's it's bipartisan questions about it because the people who are very very much just in the in in league with the public education establishment they were going to vote no no matter what because they don't want anything vouchers they don't want anything that has to do with private education but some conservatives were concerned about this bill as well because it would set up a system whereby you would be putting government money, taxpayer money, into private schools. And the concern there is then will the, the as they say, the, the shackles follow the shekels, that the government mm-hmm. would tie strings to this money and say, if you want this money, you need to do this, you need to change your creed, you need to change your employment practices, that sort of stuff. So this was a a straight voucher bill, and those were the concerns about it, but it lost by four votes in the House, Mm -hmm. so it is not going to the to the governor, so I expect to see something along these lines again next year. All right, and we'll be talking about it next year. Uh, What about HB 338? That was the bill that I'm actually expected to sort of sail through, but it didn't come up. This was the bill that would mandate what are called acceptable use policies in schools to prevent kids from accessing technology, porn, and obscenity on their school-issued devices. And someday we'll do a show on whether there should be such a thing as school-issued devices. But anyway, there <laughs> there is such a thing now. And this was going to require schools to do certain filtration methods it passed in the in the House easily for whatever reason. It was tabled in the Senate on Monday before Sunny Day. So I imagine this bill will be back next year as well. Hmm. Okay. Didn't you say also that there's really a, it's very difficult to filter? Extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. The kids can get around just about everything. Everything. Yes. If kids are online, they're going to be seeing things they shouldn't see, period, unless parents crack down and schools can have whatever filtration devices they want and mm. with varying degrees of success but nothing is infallible okay thank you um you are listening to legislation made simple on am 1160 the quest we'll continue with uh trans identifying uh, children the bill sb 140 that was headlined also that it has passed, right? That the governor did sign it. Yes, SB 140 was the compromise bill. It was the bill that prohibits mutilating surgeries and hormone treatments for minors who are confused about their sex. It passed the Senate on crossover day. It passed the House Health and Human Services Committee after it was amended to reinstate civil liability for doctors who violate the law. But um, they, the Senate agreed to that amendment 
a lot of people were very opposed to it. The people, the trans industry and the people who are connected with the trans industry, of course, did not like this yeah, at pro- all. Protesting, right? Yes, they were all they, protesting down they, there. Intensely, okay. yes. I understand that it was standing room only in the, mm-hmm. the hearing rooms. Mm-hmm. Now, the people who really want to protect children were also dissatisfied with this bill because unlike a more protective bill that was also introduced this year, this bill does allow puberty blockers these really aggressive drugs that can be given to children to keep them from going through natural puberty. That is something that should not be done to children, and there are all sorts of reasons for that, and we'll have a couple of shows talking about why that's the case. But if you do that, if you allow a child to go on puberty blockers, he almost always will go on to the hormones and frequently go on to the surgery. So if you're allowing puberty blockers, you're already putting kids on a conveyor belt. But this is what this bill did. It passed the House. It passed the Senate. It went to the governor, and he signed it last week. So currently in Georgia, or at least when it goes into effect in July, the trans industry can inflict puberty blockers on Mm -hmm. kids Mm -hmm. that don't want to, or their parents don't want them to go through regular puberty but they cannot do the hormones, they cannot do the surgeries until the child turns 18. So that's that's the law right now. Uh, there, you had mentioned that there was some troubling exception yes. to this law. There's an exception in this bill that we could never get anyone to explain to us. And any time there's an mm-hmm. exception that nobody's really willing to say what it is, you're starting to worry. This bill has an exception for medical necessity which reminded the pro-family forces of the exception for health of the mother in abortion legislation. Because we know that that swallows the entire bill because you can always find an abortionist who's willing to say, oh, yes, this woman needs this for her health, even if it's for mental health or financial health or whatever. And so the concern is that this medical necessity exception in the trans bill will do the same thing because you can always find some doctor who's making a ton of money from doing all of these things who will say, oh, yes, this child needs this because he'll probably what they'll say is because it's what they always say. Oh, he'll kill himself if we don't do oh, this. Right. That's what they've so, been saying. Yes. Right. So we we don't know. We're going to have to see. But this bill will go into effect in July and we'll see how it how it works out. And um, I would hope that there are people in the legislature who are thinking about a new bill next year that would amend it to ban the puberty blockers as well. Okay. And the medical necessity. Right. Clause in it. Right. All right. Some of the other bills, Jane, uh, the one that really kind of went through so fast, HB 520, which was a major overhaul to Georgia's uh, mental health law. Tell us what happened with that. Where, where, where is that? Well, this, this has been kind of an interesting journey on this bill. There were a lot of things to be worried about with this overhaul because one of the reasons is that it was introduced so late in the session. It was very long. Nobody had any real time to study it and read it and vet it and see what it actually did. And it it just rushed through the House. The Speaker was very much in favor of this bill, and it rushed through the House, and they got it in with very little debate. And then it went to the Senate, and it went to the Health and Human Services Committee. At that point, it stalled, and there were a couple of reasons that it stalled. One was that the lieutenant governor 
was in a spat with the people in the House because he wanted a bill dealing with hospital certificates of need, and they weren't giving it to him. And so he said, we're going to stall the House legislation until the Senate bill about hospitals goes through. And so that was a battle going on for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Then he gave in on that, finally. But by the time he gave in on that, so this bill could move in the Senate, then it was my understanding, what I read recently, that all of the the um, Democrats in the House said they were going to vote against it in mass because they were angry about the trans bill that we just talked about. Oh. And so that created a whole oh, another okay. problem in getting this bill through, getting this okay. huge mental health bill through. So, you know, sometimes <laughs> things work out. Um, anyway, well, so, let's not forget God <laughs> and all of this. Absolutely. Our, There's a reason our, things our work almighty out. Almighty worker outer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, what they did in the Senate was to take a little bit of HB 520, which is the mental health bill. And this is the one that supposedly streamlines the way agencies share information about patients. And this was to address concerns about violating patient privacy that were raised, according to the AJC, by, quote, some conservative groups, close quote. So that little snippet of the bill came out and was attached to another bill in Mm. the Senate, which did pass. So then it went back to the House and it passed 156 to 7. So the, the bottom line on HB 520, which was the massive mental health bill, is that most of it did not pass. Most of it did not come for to a vote. Okay. Only this little part about agencies sharing data, which also gives me great concern, and I went online this morning to try to find exactly what the language was, and it's not up on the website yet, exactly what what okay. happened. But it's generally speaking, I expect that the big bill will come back next year, but it was just that one little part of it that passed yesterday, last night. All right. Well, so they'll have some time. Yes. And perhaps some committees to look it over, to vet it. Yes. To like, improve it. To take some public input on it take yes. some public Which input did not it. happen this year right and and if we want to stay attuned to what's going on with that bill or any of the other ones how do we do that how do we follow them through the summer through the summer the things are not going to be posted the mm. way they are during the session okay the best way to keep up with things during the summer is to get on the email list of some of the groups that we can put on the website because they're more likely to let you know what's going on. There won't be a lot of notification of things because okay. you're not always reporting on every conversation that everybody had over right. the summer. But they these groups that are the pro-family groups down at the Capitol would have a, a better insight into where things are going and what the trend is looking okay. like. Okay, and there's two more things, HB 101. Uh, tell us about that. This is a bill that we haven't talked to talked right. about because it, it kind of was under the radar. Right now in Georgia, you can can get a state tax break by contributing to a scholarship fund. They're called Grace Grace yes, Scholars. Like the Grace Scholars. That's what we hear, you know, once a year usually there's yes. a push for Grace Scholars. And this bill would have added ten million dollars to the cap on funding state scholarship because right now the cap is 120 million dollars a year so that's the pool from which these scholarships can be funded 
the bill would have increased that to $130 million a year. But even though this bill passed the House, as far as I can tell, it did not come up for a vote in the Senate. So the cap is still 120. So they will probably try this again next year. Okay. All right. That seems simple. And then there's a House bill that you had mentioned you'd like to talk about? Yes, this one is one that sort of surprised me. There was a bill introduced early on in the House that would have mandated comprehensive sex education for all Georgia schools, which is Mm. really anti-family, anti-reality, anti-Christian, anti-everything. Was this the same thing that was going on in Gwinnett County? That yes. we did talk about? Yes. yes. Okay, it's the that, same program, and it yes. has a name. Now, it would have, it would have, that is one of the programs. There are a lot of programs out there that okay. would be part of this, this sort of general scheme. And so this would not have mandated that particular program, but it would have mandated a comprehensive program rather than an abstinence-centered program. Mm, okay, and that's also sponsored by Planned Parenthood. Uh, yes, that Planned Parenthood makes a lot of money from, from these programs because children who go through these programs tend to be much more sexually active, and they end up needing STD treatments, and they need abortions, and they need all right, of these things. Right. So the, uh, the House bill was introduced back at the beginning of the session, and it's introduced every year. But last week, I can't remember what day it was, a new bill saying the same thing was introduced because the House bill never went anywhere. It never got a hearing in the in the House oh, committee. Okay. So they introduced it, the, the same bill under a different number, but this time they switched the sponsors. So the, the, the woman who has been sponsoring it for all these years, her name was put to the bottom, and the sponsor was from the other party. So now the new so now it looks like it's a bipartisan bill and so the only thing I can think is that they're trying to to maneuver this to to tee it up for next year that here's this bipartisan bill. I see. So that that's my speculation about okay. it. It didn't nothing happened with it. It's just been through the House second readers which means it hasn't even been assigned to a committee, but it's there for next year. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. So it, HB 822 must have passed the first chamber. No, it didn't. This bill, HB 822, was introduced in the legislature last week. I didn't know that they could do that. You can, you can introduce a bill at any point, yes. Oh, okay. And if it's a, the only time that would hap- happen would be in the first year of a two-year cycle, which is what we are, oh, because you introduce okay. it now and it'll be there for next year. Okay. All right. So much, so <laughs> yes. much to know. Lots of going. Yes. Lots of things going is, on. Is there anything else, Jane, that you want to just say about um, where we're going with um, our show? And well, I think that we're going to have to see how this all works out. But we do have some more episodes coming. I hope people will continue to tune in. We've got excellent, excellent discussions with some people that mm-hmm. will be going on in April, and then we're going to watch and see what's happening over the summer. We'll probably take a take a break, take a hiatus, because there's there's not a lot of on the, the state level to talk about, but we'll pick it back up. In the fall, mm-hmm. things always start to, to gel. We can s- sort of see what people are thinking about doing for next session, and we can talk about that. And, okay. And uh, so, but during the, during the summer, First of all, people are going to take a break for right. a while. We'll take take a deep Vacation, breath, right. and and maybe maybe we'll have some time to go into more depth on a couple of issues too. That okay, that would be helpful. But uh, for right now, the 
2023 session is in the can, and uh, there are a lot of people who are still asleep who were down there at the, <laughs> at the Gold Dome until the wee hours of the morning. So, uh, so we thank them for what for their service. Yes, and thank all the people who were down there, all of the especially the pro family groups who were there every day, right, all day long, right. And thank God for always being there with us and continue to pray for these legislators and the state of Georgia. And um, would you close us with a prayer? Yes. Thank you. Our Father, we come before you with great thanksgiving for all of your blessings to us, for all of the, the wonderful people that you have put in this arena. We thank you for people who are smart and wise and courageous because courage is is what we need and we thank you for all of the the people who support our legislators those who help them when they're coming up with legislation when they're deciding what to do with it for people who are are willing to to rouse the troops and make public opinion known we thank you for this legislative session. We thank you for the good things that happened, and we pray for your assistance next year so that we can can take the things that didn't happen and make them happen next year. We, As we go into Holy Week, Father, please be with us. Please tune our hearts to you in every moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This has been Legislation Made Simple, keeping you informed on political issues with your hosts, Patty DeCraney and Jane Robbins. Listen again next week at the same time for Legislation Made Simple on AM 1160, The Quest.